Hey, this is Evan Black, pastor of Faith for Life Church, and this is our podcast. Thanks for joining us today. If you don't yet know Jesus, I'm so glad that you're listening, and I pray that this message empowers you to give your life to Christ. If you're just starting out on your journey with Jesus, I hope this empowers you to connect with Him. If you're strong in your connection to Christ, I believe this message will empower you to follow Him. So enjoy today's message. All right, so if you have your Bible, turn to uh, Philemon in, uh, there's only one chapter, so you just find Philemon. It's right before Hebrews. If you got to go to the table of contents, that's okay. If you got to scroll on your phone up and down a few times to find where it is on that app, that's okay too. Um, Philemon is where we're going to read from this morning. And this morning is going to be really different than what we normally do. If you follow along on the YouVersion Bible app, you're going to notice that there are no notes on there this morning. Um, and the reason for that is because I don't even have any notes up here with me this morning. And it wasn't for a lack of preparation or, um, or laziness or anything like that. I just feel like God's going to do something a little different as we read this this morning. So... Um, let me give you a little backdrop, a little history with this. Paul is writing to this man named Philemon, and Paul was in prison at this time. It's believed he was about 60 years old, so this is one of his later letters. So he'd been through a lot. He'd already been beaten. He'd already been stoned. He'd already been starved. He'd already been shipwrecked. Like, he'd already done all of these things. And, and uh, part of that, when Paul, either when he went to Ephesus or Colossae, he had met a man named Philemon, and ultimately... Um, through Paul's ministry and establishing churches in Colossae, this man named Philemon became one of the leaders. So essentially, he became what we would probably call a faith group leader. But back then, he was really more like a pastor. And what I mean by that is he had a church in Colossae that met in his house. So he was at least middle class. He was well-to-do Roman citizen. And in some kind of way, through his connection with Paul at some point, he gives his life to Jesus and he begins following and becomes a leader and leads a church in his home. So he has his own, what we would call faith group, at this point would probably be called its own church within Colossae. Uh, and, and so uh, Philemon was a man who also owned slaves. Now, I got to be honest with you, I've struggled with this for a long time throughout the scriptures because the scriptures talk about slavery, give instructions to masters and slaves and like, and like all of that just, first of all, makes me throw my hands up and be like, wait, what? You know, like, God, why didn't you just come out and just abolish slavery and, and say that, you know, no Christian could ever have a slave or be a slave? Because we read about Christians that are slave owners and Christians that are slaves, and like, I, I struggle with this for a long time. And I, and I believe a, a big part of uh, God's response is found here in this letter that Paul writes to Philemon. Now, there's three characters in this. You have Philemon, you have Onesimus, who was the slave that we'll, we'll read about. And you have Paul, who's writing this, this letter. Paul and Philemon obviously know each other, so this is, a, this is a letter, this is an individual letter. It's a very unique portion of Scripture. It's Paul's shortest letter in Scripture, but it's also like one of the few where he's not just writing to a person, but he's writing about a personal situation, at least seemingly on the surface, right? Like he also writes to Timothy, he also writes to Titus. The rest of the time he writes to churches or people, 
But even when he writes to Timothy and Titus, he's talking, he's really writing to churches. This is to Philemon, about Philemon, and only has to do with Philemon, Onesimus, and Paul. Until we get to the end and we realize this is really way bigger. So I want to read this. And the first time I want to read, I'm going to read verses 8 through 21. The first time we read this, I want you to think about this in, in, in Philemon's shoes. So I want you to think about this like you are Philemon. You are a, a Christian who is essentially a pastor. We might say faith group leader. You are respected. You are at least middle class. You're a Roman citizen. Um, you're following Jesus, but you have slaves. And part of that is the way that you earn an income. That's the way that you provide. It's, it's the way of the land. And there's a whole other thing about what slavery looked like in that time. And we, we don't have time for that, but there's a lot of great research and study on that. So verse 8, accordingly, this is, again, Paul writing to Philemon, though I am bold enough in Christ to command you to do what is required, Yet for love's sake, I prefer to appeal to you. I, Paul, an old man, and now a prisoner also for Christ Jesus, I appeal to you for my child Onesimus, whose father I became in my imprisonment. Now, let's pause right there. If you're Philemon, you know exactly who Onesimus is, right? Onesimus is a slave that you had that got away, that escaped, that ran now, many, many commentaries, many scholars think that not only did Onesimus get away and run away from Philemon, but that there was some, there was some quarrel, that, that Onesimus might have even like stolen from Philemon. Like it wasn't just he, he, was a, he was a good slave, and I just even feel weird saying that, but, but, but that he escaped. There was some also quarrel. And, and again, many people think that, that maybe Onesimus stole from Philemon or Onesimus uh, hurt Philemon or his land or his people. Or, there was some major disqualification here. Now, all of a sudden, uh, Philemon's getting this letter from Paul and Paul's saying, hey, listen, I'm bold enough to command you to do what is right. Like I have the spiritual authority to command you to do what is right, but I'm not doing that in this case, even though I could, but for love's sake, I prefer to appeal to you. So like Philemon, I'm going to talk to you about something and I could force you to do it. I could give you commands to do it because I have the authority to do that. But I'm, I'm trying to go a little deeper in this and I'm, I'm appealing to your love. I'm not just asking you for obedience. I'm asking you for a change of heart. I'm asking you to love in a way and do what's right, not because you have to, but because you want to, because there is an act of love. And, and, you know, Philemon, probably reading this like, okay, um, sure, Paul, like, what do you want? You're, you're my man. Like you helped me find Jesus and you're, you're the man of this area and man, you're respected. So sure. Absolutely. What is it that you want? And he, and he says, I appeal to you for my child Onesimus. And Philemon's got to be like, wait, what? Onesimus? How do you know Onesimus? Onesimus, that dirty, rotten scoundrel. That was like the best Christianese I could, you know, right? But like, but like that guy, how do you even know him? And whoa, you're going to appeal to me to do something out of love for him? The guy who, who has hurt me in some, the guy who escaped, which cost me money, which cost me trouble. Like what? You know, I also wonder, um, who, who delivered this message to Philemon? Like, who, who delivered the letter? Now, there's some commentary and speculation about it, but it's very likely 
Philip, that Onesimus wasn't the only one, but Onesimus was probably one of the ones that delivered this letter. So now, let's think about this for a minute, right? Like, you know who Onesimus is. Onesimus is that guy that you never want to see again, because if you see him again, you don't know what might come out of your mouth or what might happen with your fists or, like, uh, not, not, not to mention, Philemon had the legal right to punish or imprison Onesimus. And here he is, he's getting a letter from Paul, he's probably excited, and likely there is Onesimus at his house or at his, in the market or wherever he, this was delivered. <laughs> I mean, put yourself in Philemon's shoes like, man, I could just feel the anger and the heat rising up. Don't, don't, don't think of this as far as Philemon and Onesimus. Think about that person that you are glad that you don't have to see anymore. And if you did see him, you're not sure what you would do or what you would say. Y'all know that person that really hurt you? That you're like, oh, I forgive you. But, but you just stay over there, I'll stay over here. Like that person shows up. But they have a letter from Paul. Like can you imagine the mixed emotions? And here he's reading this and he's like, I'm appealing to you for love's sake. You know who I am, and I'm old, and I, which means I'm wise, and I'm a prisoner, which means I, I've proven my faithfulness and loyalty to Jesus. I appeal to you for my child, Onesimus. Paul, why would you be talking about Onesimus in such positive terms? He's a runaway slave. He, don't you know he hurt me? Don't, don't you know that, that, that he is the cause of much pain and much loss? In many areas of my life, and he, he says, formerly he was useless to you, but now he is indeed useful to you and me. The reason that uh, Onesimus was now useful is because Paul had led Onesimus to, to Jesus, to Christ. So that's, how, that's why Paul says, he's now my child whose father I became in my imprisonment. So some kind of way, Onesimus finds Paul in prison and Paul leads him to, to Jesus and Paul even disciples him. And he says, he was useless to you. Well, if I'm Philemon, I'm thinking, well, there was a time that he wasn't useless to me when he was helping my, my whatever Philemon did, like helping produce and he was a part of the, um, the economic system of my household and of the community. Like it was a time where he wasn't useless. But Paul's talking about, but he got away and he became useless to you. You no longer could find him. You no longer could use him. All of this was gone. And Paul's saying he was useless, but now he is indeed useful to you and to me. Now, again, I want you to think about this in, in, from Philemon's perspective. Paul's saying now he's useful to you. <laughs> I might be thinking he's useful for a punching bag. Right? Like he, he's probably standing right there as you're reading this letter. <laughs> and Paul's like, he's useful to you now. And, 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 or maybe Philemon's thinking, okay, yeah, come on back. You could be my slave. Paul's asking me to forgive. Like, yeah, it's cool. You can come back. I won't punish you. But he's useful to you and to me. This would have been a weird, strange comment to Philemon. He says, I'm sending him back to you, sending my very heart. Again, I would be confused by this if I'm Philemon. Like, God, how is, Philemon, how is this, or Paul, how is this guy your heart? I would have been glad to keep him with me in order that he might serve me on your behalf during my imprisonment for the gospel. But I preferred to do nothing without your consent in order that your goodness might not be by compulsion, 
but of your own accord. Paul's saying, hey, Philemon, I could have kept him and not said anything to you. I could have forced you to do what I'm asking you to do. But what I really want is not, to you, not for you to obey out of compulsion, but you to obey out of love. Man, this has got to be challenging and convicting if you're Philemon reading this. He says, for this perhaps is why he was parted from you for a while, that you might have him back forever. Now, this is really interesting because Paul doesn't do this very often. Paul here is not, now kind of guessing. He's kind of using conjecture to say like, well, maybe God allowed Onesimus to escape so that he could get saved and then come back and be more useful to you. Which I think there's a lot in that, right? Because um, as people of faith, many times we will frown upon that, right? Like don't, don't speculate about what God's doing. Don't, 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 don't guess. Like you, you know what God's doing. You know what God's saying. And if you don't, you just need to pray more and you just need to. But here Paul is speculating. And Philemon's got to be reading this like, oh, man, Paul. I mean, you're hitting me hard because I say I love Jesus. I'm a faith group leader. I'm a pastor. Like I, I, there's a group of people that I'm leading. And, man, you're, you're asking me to essentially what, what Paul's asking Philemon to do is to love Jesus more than he loves himself, his status, his money, his anger. This is a big, big ask. He says, for this perhaps is why he was parted from you for a while that you might have him back forever. No longer as a bondservant, but more than a bondservant. As a beloved brother, especially to me, but how much more to you, both in the flesh and in the Lord. Now, if I'm Philemon, I'm like, Paul, you don't went too far. Like, it's one thing to ask me to forgive him and not imprison him. It's, it's another thing to ask me to free him because that's going to cost me money. That's going to cost me all, all kind of stuff. But now you're taking this to a whole nother level and you're saying, let, receive him, free him, forgive him, and make him a social equal with you. Listen, many times people think humility is being able to keep yourself, you know, humble and low. But, but real humility is after you've already been exalted in a way to then be able to come back and keep yourself low, right? Like if you've, if you've never had money, let's say, and you're around people with money, it's easy to be humble because like you've never had money. You really, they've had more success in that area, whatever. Like we get that. But if you, money's just an example, but if you've had a lot of money and then you're able to come back and be humble, after having, a, let, me, let me say it another way. Um, if you go in at an entry level position in a corporation, it's easy to be humble around the CEO, around the managers, around the upper levels. But what's way more difficult is to make it to the upper levels and then be willing to come back and go back into an entry level position. Philemon here is like, Paul, I've made it to this status in society and in, in the Lord. And what you're asking me to do is to come back down and not, not only humble myself with Onesimus, but then raise him up. He hasn't earned it. <laughs> he doesn't deserve it. I'm not saying me, I'm saying in this time, the way Philemon was probably likely thinking. 
Culturally, he's, he's a lower class. And he did me wrong. He hasn't earned this. I've earned this. I've earned my position. You're asking me to do something that flips the status quo of culture, of my life. You're asking me to operate in a level of humility that nobody else operates in. And then Paul just digs it in. He says, so if you consider me your partner, of course Philemon considers Paul his partner. And you can go and study the original language of this word partner. Um, it, it, this, is, this is fascinating. We, we don't have time for that in this, in this session. But he says, if you consider me your partner, receive him as you would receive me. At this point, Philemon, yeah, Paul said it wasn't out of compulsion, but like, all right. <laughs> how, do you, how do you say no to this? <laughs> right? Like, like you, you almost have to say yes to this. He says, and then, and then Paul goes on. He says, if he has wronged you at all or owes you anything, charge that to my account. I, Paul, write this with my own hand. I will repay it to say nothing of your owing me, even <laughs> your own self. Paul's like, whatever he owes you, charge it to me. I will pay it, even though you know you owe me your life, right? So if you're Philemon, you're reading this and you're like, all right. Um, you know, there's been some studies that was like, uh, and you couldn't go all the way back, but there was a, a point in like, um, like in the 70s of AD that, that a slave was worth 600 and something denarii, which is like $30,000, a little more than $30,000. So maybe Philemon's starting to calculate, okay, um, a slave is worth this much denarii. I'm going to have to replace Onesimus, and, and I'm going to lose production, and so let me, and then, and then Paul's like, whatever it is, charge it to my account. Oh, but just remember, you owe me your life. <laughs> so I was like, oh man, now I'm not like, I, I don't even, I don't even get anything in return for this. Like, this is not benefiting me at all. Yet Paul is asking me to do this, not out of obedience, but out of love. And then Paul just, I mean, he rubs it in. Oh, he rubs it in. He says in verse 20, yes, brother, I want some benefit from you in the Lord. And again, Paul didn't do this often. Remember, Paul, like he was a tent maker. Like he didn't ask for things for people. He, he didn't want um, it to, be, to come across as a money grabber or any of that stuff. But he's like, this time, I'm, I want some benefit from you. I'm asking you, refresh my heart in Christ. And then Israel rubs it in. Confident of your obedience, I write to you knowing that you will do even more than I say. Paul's saying, I know you'll do what I've asked. I know it. You, this is maybe difficult for some people, but not you. And I know that you'll do it, and I know that you'll do even more than I've asked. If there was a Paul writing to you and asking you to humble yourself at the cost of finances, respect, and social status, would they be able to say, I'm confident that you will do this and you will do even more? That's a challenging question. Now, if we read this, again, from the perspective of Onesimus, I mean, could you imagine Onesimus, whatever his story was, and he, he gets away from his slave owner in Philemon, and somehow, somehow he finds Paul in prison, and, and, and Paul leads him to Jesus, and man, he's got to be so thankful that he's free and that he knows Jesus now, and he's serving Paul in prison, and, and Paul's like, all right, I want you to go back 
to Philemon. Onesimus <laughs> be like, what? No, 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 not there. Like I ran away from there. And Paul's like, no, 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 he's a good Christian man. And Onesimus is like, really? Because that like, probably wasn't my experience. And Paul's like, no, 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 uh, just deliver this letter. I'll get him this letter and, and he'll receive you back and he'll treat you as an equal and you can serve the Lord with him. Could you imagine Onesimus in his perspective of this? The faith it took for him to go back to Philemon because Philemon could have had him beaten, imprisoned, or worse. Are we willing to obey what God is telling us to do even if it puts us in a position like Onesimus was in? Because that's a big ass too. Like you're walking, knocking on the door. Hey, I'm back. Got a letter here from Paul. Please read it before you say anything to me. Before you call the police, before you whatever you have. I don't know what weapon that, but you know, like, wow. Onesimus has got to be like, all right, Paul, I'm, I'm willing to trust God and trust what you're saying God's saying more than I trust what I know to be true. And so here, here I'll do it. And here I am. And as Philemon's reading that, he's got to be like praying. I could just see him like, Lord, please. Please let him be what Paul believed he was and not what I knew him to be. Right? Because if Philemon is what Onesimus knew him to be, then Philemon's in trouble. But if Philemon is who Paul believed him to be, then this is about to be a good thing. You know, there's, there's some um, church historians, and I, I, this isn't Bible, this is just and I, don't, I have no idea, but there's some church historians that say Onesimus eventually became almost like a bishop over that land, overseeing many other churches in that area. Now, whether that's, that's I mean, it's not in the Bible, but whether that's true or not, like the, still this act of faith, we know God honored it. We've all been in experiences where we felt like, God, this is dangerous. I feel like you're telling me this is dangerous maybe to my finances or maybe to my health or maybe like in some, like God, this, I'm not sure about this, but you, you, you step forward because you believe God said it and you do it anyway. And it turns out that Philemon was what Paul believed he was more so than what Philemon knew he was. I want to take one more perspective in this. This perspective, I want to take a perspective of Paul writing this. Now, if we, if we look at this one more time as from Paul's perspective, as, him the one, as he is the one writing it, he says, I'm bold enough in Christ to command you to do what is required. Paul's like, I'm bold enough to command you to do what's required. And, and when we go through and we look at this from Paul's perspective, this is a representation, really, of how God loves us. So God could tell us, he could like just command us in righteousness and holiness. And like, this is what you have to do. But just like Paul did with Philemon, Christ does with us. He says, look, I'm bold enough to, to command you to do what's required, yet... 
For love's sake, I prefer to appeal to you. And isn't that what Jesus does with us? He's like, I could force you into a whole bunch of rules and regulations. And that's what a lot of people think Christianity is. But in actuality, what's better is for you to do right because you love, not because you're forced. And, and, and Paul, he goes on and, and he's like, hey, here is my child, Onesimus. Onesimus didn't make the greatest decisions in his life. I mean, maybe I'm not, I'm not knocking the uh, running away part even though that was illegal. Like, I'm not knocking that at all. But there was some conflict. And, you know, it's, again, I don't know where all, where all they get it from, but, but this idea, this concept that, that um, Onesimus might have harmed Philemon in some way. And here, yet Paul is like, no, this is my child. I love, he is my heart. Regardless of what he's done to you, Philemon, he is my heart and I'm returning him back and Paul says, if you consider me your partner, receive him as you would receive me. Man, this is what Jesus says to us. Love your neighbor as yourself. What, what does that mean? That means that, that we should love each other just as we are loving Christ. Husbands, that ma- it makes it very clear in Ephesians chapter 5 that we should love our wives as Christ loves the church. It's this picture that God consistently paints of God says, I love you and you should love each other out of the love that I love you with this partnership. And, and then, and then Paul says, if I, if he's wronged you at all, I will pay it. It's exactly what Jesus did. We wronged God and Jesus paid our price. This is a direct illustration of what Jesus does for for us. But then Paul says, I want some benefit from you in the Lord. And the truth is God wants some benefit from us in the Lord. He wants us to be obedient, just like Paul says, I'm confident of your obedience and that you will do even more than I say. God, God wants us to not just do the things that we think are the rules and regulate, not just do just enough, but he wants us to go above and beyond. And what is all of this about? It's about redemption, which is what we've been talking about this month. This is about redemption. Paul is willing to stand in the place for Onesimus and and make sure that Onesimus is redeemed to Philemon, and he's willing to pay the price. He's willing to use his spiritual authority. He's willing to use his influence. He's willing to use everything at his disposal to restore two believers back together, to redeem them. This morning, as we've looked at this through the three different perspectives, I believe that God wants us to keep our eyes open for opportunities to redeem each other. Now listen, you can't save anybody. You can't, uh, you you, you don't have the power to bring somebody back to Jesus and that it's your working, it's your forgiveness, it's none of that. What we do is we share the gospel, we pray, we lead people, but Jesus is the one who saves and he's the one who forgives and he's the one who redeems. 
and, and you can't redeem yourself. Now, slaves in this time, they, they did have an option of saving money and paying for their own freedom and redeeming themselves. But spiritually, we can't redeem ourselves. And, and, and we can't redeem each other. But we can play the part of being a Paul for an Onesimus, of being a Paul for a Philemon. And when we think about redemption and what God speaks to us throughout his word concerning redemption, we have to remember redemption is not just God coming and buying us back and freeing us and allowing us to live free because we're redeemed and even redeeming all of the earth. Redemption is also a responsibility we have with other believers. To see people who are oppressed, to see people who are poor, to see people who are lacking, to see people who maybe are immature or have harmed someone else or, or, or have an incorrect mindset. And we have a spiritual responsibility to step in as Paul. This isn't the only time this happened. Actually, this happened with, with Paul. Somebody did this with Paul. Right when 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 Saul uh, became you know a follower of Jesus, if y'all remember this in the book of Acts, he goes to the disciples and he's like, "Hey, I'm a I'm a follower of Jesus and I'm on fire and I'm ready to preach the gospel." And they're like, "Yeah, yeah, we're not falling for that. Like you're the guy who kills people. We're, we're not going like I'm not that dumb. Yeah, forget that." And then it it was uh, it was Barnabas. Barnabas was like, "No, no, no, I'm vouching for him." He's legit. He, he literally, he gave his life to Jesus. He's not coming to trick us. Like he, and, and he vouched for him. And without that redemption, man, so much of Paul's life and what we read in the New Testament and who we are has to go a different direction. God will still work out what God needs to work out, but it has to go in a different direction. There are Philemon's and Onesimus's in our lives that God is calling us to be the Pauls to, to speak up for, to stand up for, maybe even to sacrifice for. There comes a little bit of prerequisite with this, though. In order for us to be able to identify those people, we have to be involved with God's work. Right? Philemon and Onesimus are people that Paul led to Jesus. So he had a natural and a spiritual relationship connection with them. See, if you only have a natural relationship with people, it's really hard to, to help them. It's really hard to speak into their lives the hard truths if, you, if, if there's no love, if there's no spiritual connection there. If you just know them, you know, if, if I don't really know you, if I meet you at HEB and I'm like, hey, listen, man, you really should uh, stop doing this and stuff. I, I got no example. I, but, but you get the point. You get the point, right? Like I said, Lord, give me something real quick and it didn't come. I, it's, but you get the point. It's relationship that allows us to be able to re help redeem other people. You know, I can say things to Terrell that might be more straightforward and might be more challenging than I can somebody that's here for the first time. Because we have a relationship. I can, I can come to him and, and, and I know him and he knows me and he knows my heart and I know his heart. And, 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 and we can have that kind of conversation because of a relationship. So if right now you're thinking, I don't know any Onismuses or any Philemons. Well, we need to ask God to, to deepen our relationships. Because they're in your life. 
And the deeper you get, the more you realize, like, hey, man, you're acting like Philemon. Like, that ain't right. You need to forgive. You need to stop owning slaves. You need to humble yourself. And there might be Onesimus is like, hey, man, you can do it. You can do it. Have the faith. If God said it, that may be dangerous going to knock on his door. But, but if God said it, man, I'm with you. I'll go knock on the door with you. Hey, forgive him for how he treated you. And then let's be brothers in the Lord. But that happens in relationship. So if you can't think of who those people are in your life, then let's start praying for deeper relationships. If you could bow your heads just for a moment. Well, if you enjoyed today's podcast, there's a couple things I'd love for you to do. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. You can also invest in helping us empower others to follow Jesus by texting any dollar amount to 512-520-0185. Thanks again for joining us today on the Faith for Life podcast.